Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you are like me and you are obsessed with the Instant Pot, this is the episode for you. Today we have the veggie queen herself, author, wonderful chef, Jill Nussanow. You do not want to miss this episode. It's Lean Green Dad Radio. Let's go. everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host. Corey Warren. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the show. Hopefully you're having an awesome week. My name's Corey, and if it's your first time hearing us, then welcome. This is a show about plant-based families. In fact, my plant-based family. My name's Corey. I'm a husband, I'm a father of three, and a plant-based athlete. And each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring folks I can find to help keep me motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. See, for me, finding time to work out, make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, and spend quality time together, all that can be really hard when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks, that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can try in your life to keep you and your family going strong. Now, today's guest is a master chef when it comes to the Instant Pot. Now, uh, I I have her book, uh, Vegan Under Pressure. It's a wonderful book. In fact, I reference it every time that I cook with the Instant Pot just to check my levels, uh, my fluid levels, uh, just to check, is it a natural release? Is it a quick release? Uh, And you know what I'm talking about if uh, you're an Instant Pot user. So if you're not an Instant Pot person, you still want to listen because there's some great things that you can learn, some great cooking tips. And uh, my favorite thing that I took away from this was the rice and beans that you can make in the Instant Pot. And I've never had a better tasting rice and beans combination than the one that I make in Instant Pot. And that is all thanks to Jill. It's not even in her book. It was like a gold nugget bit of information that she shared. So uh, I'm excited to get started. I hope you enjoy the episode. And uh, without any further ado, here we go. It is Jill Nassanow from Vegan Under Pressure and many other books. Let's get started. All right, everybody. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Today, we have Jill Nussanel joining us. Now, she is a wearer of many hats, as she describes herself. She's a registered dietitian. She's an author, a writer, a speaker, a cooking teacher, and she's also the author of multiple cookbooks, which we will talk about, of course. But most importantly, she's a mom. Welcome to the show, Jill. Well, thank you for having me, Corey. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I discovered you after joining one of the two Instant Pot groups on Facebook. I believe it was the first one I joined, which was the Vegan Instant Pot group, since we're both vegan. And uh, I thought it was awesome. And, you know, believe it or not, here I am now. I'm sitting here with your book, your awesome book, Vegan Under Pressure. And I have it in my hands because this group was so passionate about recommending it. They were like, you got to get Jill's book. So here we are. Well, it's so funny because people must think that I pay them to say that, but I actually never do. And I'm always so surprised and thrilled when people go, oh, I made this thing. And it's so funny because people don't even now call it vegan under pressure. They just type V-U-P. And then the new people say, <laughs> what's that? And it's so funny. But that is great. It's no, a thrill. no. 
Yeah. It's, you know, when good material is done, it rises to the top and, and that's what's happened. So I, I credit you for that. That's that's great stuff. And this is your fourth book, right? It is my fourth book. Um, and one of my other books, The New Fast Food, actually was my first pressure cooking cookbook. Okay, uh, cool. And it was pre-Instant Pot. So I did all the recipes for the stovetop cooker. But the interesting thing is they all seem to work in the Instant Pot. And there's a scientific reason. Why is that? Uh, because the the stovetop cooker reaches a higher pressure, it reaches 15 pounds per square inch, and the Instant Pot only gets to about 11, but it has a big housing, so it's more insulated, and it takes longer to get to pressure, it takes longer for the pressure to come down, and also, as you might know, because you use the Instant Pot, just when you put in, let's say you put in 10, when it comes to pressure, it has a slight delay before it starts. And so with all of that, it seems to even out the difference in pounds per square inch, um, which wow. is the pressure setting. And that so is, they, they seem to work. That is fascinating. I didn't know that because, I mean, pressure cookers have been around for so long. It's like, what is this all of a sudden cult following that is centered around the Instant Pot? I'm like, whoever, I think they come out of Canada, don't they? The Instant Pot? It. It was designed in Canada by a bunch of engineers who I think found themselves without jobs after the 2008, 2009, you know, economic crisis and thought, oh, we'll do this. And it's the Instant Pot. It's been on NPR. It's been on in the New York Times. It's been everywhere. It is, they say, the biggest PR success ever with a company that has not advertised at all unbelievable yeah i i had it, it's usually someone that just tells you about it my my good friend adam uh adam sud who is uh what is he the plant-based addict i think is his his name uh he told me about it for cooking sweet potatoes and he's like oh man you'll never believe this you can cut your time of cooking a whole sweet potato in half with this thing called the instant pot i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about so i looked it up and then sure okay this thing on Amazon. It's 99 bucks. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, you know, as I continue diving in further and further, I've probably made about 10 things in the Instant Pot at this at this point. I've had it for maybe, I don't know, two, three weeks, something like that. And um, I love it. It's incredible. It really is. I'm having a blast. Uh, I, I'm hoping to dive into some more Jill recipes here and, uh, and, and get down and dirty with it. But I mean, the biggest thing that I find the most helpful about your book is the the charts, the little guides. Um, I have it right here, so I'm going to look at what you call them. You know what they're called. At a glance, the at a glance guides. Those yep. are so helpful to me, whether it's vegetables or brown rice or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I've gotten so far ahead of myself. I want you to tell the story of how you became the veggie queen. I know that it is on your website, but... You know, some of these folks that are listening might not have might not have heard that story yet. So kind of give us a, a brief story about how you became the Veggie Queen. Well, I, I, I'm not even sure this is the version that I have, but um, <laughs> I well, I mean, it's pretty simple, actually. I have been a registered dietitian for 30 years and um, I was teaching classes at a cooking school and I have a hard name. It's not like Jill Smith or anything like that. And they were introducing me and they said, here is the resident veggie queen. And the name of my business was actually Vegetarian Connection. The The first book of checks that I got from the bank 
had vegetarian spelled wrong. So I was like, ooh, maybe a problem. Maybe people don't know how to spell this. And when I heard the veggie queen, I was like, that's it. I'm taking that. It's easy to remember. People can remember anywhere, anytime. And it's been really great. It was before anybody even heard the term branding. And I was like, you know, I think I like that. Yeah, so, perfect. Um, it fits me because really my whole thing truly is about getting people to live happier, healthier lives. And I really believe one of the big keys to doing that is to eating way more vegetables. I tell people, eat more vegetables than you think you need. Yes. And, you know, what is your approach to those those meat eaters that... Um... You know, I have a very inclusive approach, a very welcoming approach, because there's all different types of folks. And sometimes folks, it takes them a while to transition. If they're interested in transitioning, maybe they know they need to eat less meat, but they don't know where to start. Like, what, what is that starting point for you uh, when someone someone says, okay, I know I need to eat more veggies, but like, where do I start? What is What is the beginning, step one for you? Uh, well, I mean, step one would be identify the vegetables you like. And step two would be identify the vegetables you don't even know what they are. Uh, but the in-between step is start eating them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of easy. You know, I teach a lot of classes. I'm doing a project for our county library right now. So I've done 15 classes since January for them. And um, it's amazing what people do not know about vegetables. And I've seen this over and over and over, and people tend to eat the same vegetables all the time, I mean, repeatedly. So one of my big things is to introduce new vegetables to people because they've seen them, but most people are not going to run out and you know buy kohlrabi if they don't know what it is because they're yeah. scared of it. I mean, completely terrified, <laughs> um, which is crazy, but you know, they just have a lot of people like, one of my most popular recipes is actually for these, um, what is it called? Um, Brussels sprouts with, yeah. um, what the heck's in my Brussels sprouts? Anyway, they're delicious. Um, it's a, it's a mustard, uh, maple mustard Brussels sprouts. Sorry, I had a little brain thing there. No, that's um, right. and, and people love them. I mean, people who say, oh, I don't even like Brussels sprouts. But it's probably with vegetables, a lot of people have not had them prepared in a way that makes them really tasty. So they're like, I don't like them. And then when they taste them, they're like, oh, I do like them. So I think, you know, we have a lot of misconceptions about vegetables that I think can be cleared up once people put the food in their mouth. I agree. And, um, you know, one of the one of those things, you know, talking about making vegetables taste good, people think that they have to add olive oil or different types of oils to their their vegetables when they're cooking. Is that something that you have ever done? And then did you transition away from that kind of focusing on the whole food plant based or or what is your your kind of approach with oils? Okay, well, I have a more traditional um I have not gone to culinary school, but I've been teaching cooking for 30 years. Um, so in my time doing that, I used to use a lot more oil than I do. I pretty much use about none right now. I've been teaching the McDougal program, which is a no-fat added diet, for more than 15 years. And so uh, I basically just stopped using oil because I don't find that there's really a whole – there are some – applications in true culinary and I teach culinary students and so on. So sometimes it's, it's almost necessary, but in general, 
I don't use it. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of need. And the, what most people don't realize is that every level tablespoon of oil adds 120 calories of pure fat that isn't necessary. Wow. Um, so when it's put that way, most people are like, oh, and then they'll say to me, I'm cooking. And they're like, what'd you put in the pot to cook your onions and garlic? I'm like, nothing. So <laughs> water. <laughs> I, no, I don't actually. I'm a very big proponent of what I call. And if you look in the book, you'll see it called the dry saute. Ooh. And the dry saute is something I have been using for about... I don't know, more than 15 years. Um, I used to teach low-fat cooking at the junior college where I teach. And it's, it's not a technique that I don't think I came up with, but it's one that works, is you just start with nothing in the pot. Um, and it could be your pot, your pan. You start with nothing in there but the vegetables on a medium to medium-high heat. And what it does is it actually cooks the vegetable as opposed to using water or broth or wine or juice, which steams the vegetable. And that really is not the goal. The goal is to get a little bit of caramelization on your vegetable so that it adds more flavor. So I really encourage people to try it um, if you have the right. And, and the Instant Pot is great. I, very little sticking. But there is one caveat. If you do it, you have to be sure to add the liquid you're going to add to your recipe and scrape the bottom of the pot. Because if you don't, when you hit the button and it goes to the higher pressure, it will stick and then you'll just get an overheat. Wow, um, yeah. And that's that's not what you want. But So I start with nothing. And um, I have very few recipes, if any, that require oil. Um, somebody asked me if I could rewrite all my recipes. So it says no oil, but the oil is optional. And um, the reason that some of my recipes have oil is because I couldn't probably financially survive on an audience of only people who don't want oil in their food. Although right. that, as you know, is a big growing audience um but almost every one of my recipes can be made without any kind of oil so yeah i love that you know i, I kind of have the same approach and i understand what you're saying about the the, the smaller audience there because i mean i've talked to folks that are transitioning from mcdonald's fast food you know and so trying to get those folks and trying to speak to them and make them feel welcome to learn more about this lifestyle is um it, it can be challenging especially if you are you know, judgmental and negative towards what they're doing because many of them don't know any different because that's how they were brought up as kids, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I really think that um, I try to do is there, there's no bad way to eat. It's just there's ways that aren't very good for your health. And I always tell everyone, you have a choice. And I'm not going to say what you do is bad, but there certainly are better ways. Um, and I think for me, when I see people at events who may have not thought that they could do a dry saute or just didn't get it or, you know, when they taste the food, they're like, oh, this is good. Then I see that they could change what they're doing, but they just haven't been enlightened yet is what I would say. Yeah. And so I, I, love I, I have no judgment around it. I've been teaching at the junior college for 27 years and I've had students who are like, I never ate a vegetable before I took your class and now I love vegetables. And, <laughs> you know, so I see a lot of transformation in people. Um, and I think that's what keeps me doing what I do. 
Well, just so people have a reference, I have the book in front of me right now. And the book, again, is Vegan Under Pressure, everybody. And uh, page 20 talks about the dry saute. So I will be reading all about that this week. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, Jill, I am on a uh, detox cleanse right now, oh. of course. So I'm like, oh, great. I have to talk to this amazing <laughs> chef while I'm on this detox cleanse. But, eh, you know, it's all good. It's only 10 days. And the only reason I'm doing it is so I can tell my uh my friends about it and and give them an honest opinion about it because i'm not a big fan of any kind of detox at all but uh i don't know we'll see what happens i get that's a whole nother show i guess we talk about that but yeah so what are you, are you doing juice or what what's, you know, i'm just curious yeah it's called the master cleanser um it uh-huh. was you know developed by stanley burroughs has been used for like 30 years and you know it's that mixture of uh lemon juice maple syrup and cayenne pepper and uh, you just basically drink that for 10 days. And uh, I guess your body just cleans itself out and kind of starts again. But um, I don't know. I'm only on day two right now. so. Oh. I, but I'll definitely go the full 10. I, I, I had a friend tell me. I was like, I'm so hungry. I want to eat right now. And he's like, dude, you did an Ironman. Seriously, you can't last 10 days on a diet of <laughs> this stuff? I'm like, oh, you're right. Okay. So I'll stick with it. Yeah. Um, so... You know, one of the things you didn't touch on back about your, your intro there was the law school thing. Your your dad was like, hey, go to law school. And you're like, no, you know what? I like uh, I like food. Is that that's still a part of your story? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, there was a lot to it. And it's funny because had there been like food policy at the time, I probably would have jumped right in. But oh, I was yeah. a little soon for that. Um, yeah, he wanted me to go to law school. He was a lawyer. And you know, I just couldn't see myself doing it. And I thought, well, what else is of interest to me? And, uh, you know, the nutrition thing was very much of interest because when I was a teenager, I realized that um, I became a vegetarian when I was a teenager, which was not that common. And I realized that I knew nothing about food, absolutely nothing. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something I do a few times a day. Maybe I should know a little more. Um, but it truly wasn't until after I already got a degree in marketing that I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And so the nutrition seemed like it seemed like a good thing at the time. I don't regret doing it, although I had at that point taken zero science classes. So I did my undergraduate work at the same time I was going to graduate school because I needed to get some science background. Um, I guess I was pretty lucky that I actually understand science and really like it. So that is probably the thing I most love about food and why I love pressure cooking, because it's really all about the science and the math. And so um, doing cookbooks that are pressure cooking cookbooks gives me the opportunity to do science, math and English. Mm -hmm. So I could cover most of the bases there as far as uh, education and keeping my brain sharper oh absolutely uh talk to me about the cost because i know one of the things that you hear from people is that oh it's it's cheaper to eat fast food and it might be that that might be the case but you're cheapening your body as well right i mean talk to talk to me about the cost overall and how you kind of combat that when people say um eating vegetables and buying produce is so expensive Well, I can tell you a true story that just happened last week. Um, There were some people and they wanted to go out to eat and it's in a small community and um, 
the food was going to be very expensive and I was going to have to call up and speak to the chef and say, you know, could you make blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to do that. My husband was like, well, why don't you just make chili and we'll invite them over. And so uh, I made chili in the Instant Pot and it was really delicious. And I also made uh, brown, black and red rice. I like to mix them together. So I had this chili and the rice and I made a few potatoes and I also made a very large salad. And I said to my husband after they were there, and they are not whole food plant-based eaters, and I could tell they weren't quite on board, but they did eat. They did not starve. Awesome. And I said to my husband, you know, I think that whole meal for the four of us cost about $8, and I used all in organic ingredients. Um, so it is not less expensive to eat at fast food. Um, and what I tell people is if you had a car, you would put gas in it. You wouldn't put water in it. You'd make sure that it was fueled correctly, and you need to do the same thing with your body. So thinking that your body is going to run for many, many, many years on eating really bad food and bad for you food is just not does not make sense. That's true. Um, yep. And so I don't I think actually eating like I like to eat fairly basically and um, like what we had for dinner would be what I'd have for dinner. And um, it's very inexpensive to actually cook that way because how much do organic beans cost? And the interesting thing is when you use the Instant Pot or any other pressure cooker, I figured it out. The beans cost uh, 30 to 50 percent less than they would cost if you bought canned beans. Um, so basically for what it costs for one can of organic beans, you can make like three times as much oh my gosh. Um, now, if you cook them yourself. Now that's something that's always baffled me. And, um, but I have to, I have to mention this. I wrote this down your car thing. So I totally, I totally vibe with that. I have a, a Twitter post that I do every now and then that says, treat your body like a Bugatti Veyron car. They're like $1.7 million, these cars. Oh. And like, you wouldn't put cheap gas in a Bugatti, right? So wow. think of your body or as a- Or Ferrari. Exactly. You know, well, I, Ferrari is only, what, 500000 though. We're talking about a $1.7 million car. So well, who knows? I've never seen one, but you know, I have seen Ferraris. So, I'm sure, um, out, out in the West Coast there. Yeah, I'm sure you've oh, seen them. We have car country here. Oh my gosh. Well, um, no, I want to talk about these beans because I-, I I have to confess, I have never fully understood how to prepare dry beans. And oh. my problem is that whenever I did, they came out almost almost crunchy. And I, not not super crunchy, but they weren't soft and mushy like the canned beans I'm used to. And I don't know if that's normal and I had it right or if I messed it up. So talk to me about this. Help me figure this out. Okay, so... I, you know, there's options. You can soak or not soak. I am a soaker. I like to soak for a number of reasons. And one is because I live what I like to call a green life. And so soaking is a no brainer. You put them on over at the nighttime and you have them in the morning or you put them on in the morning and you just pour water over them. And that is as sustainable as can be. Right. right. And then you, you cook them later. Uh, you drain them and then you cook them. Now in the pressure cooker, you don't cover them with water. 
if they're soaked. Um, you use one half to three quarters of a cup of liquid for each dry cup of beans that you've soaked. And most beans will take, uh, you know, standard beans, pinto, black, kidney, Great Northern, you know, cannellini, they take between six and eight minutes at pressure. And then what you do is you set the time and then you let the pressure drop. And at that point, they should be uh, feeling pretty much like canned beans. Now, I say beans are my nemesis because the older the beans, the longer they take to cook. Wow. And people never know how old their beans are. So... Uh, it's almost funny, but not at all funny. They're like, the beans didn't turn out. Well, the good thing is you can just, if they need more water, you add more water. But if they don't, you just put them back on until they're cooked, which could be another minute or two minutes or three minutes or five minutes. Um, now, if you cook from dry, which I don't do that often, um, what you do is in the Instant Pot or any other pressure cooker is use one cup of beans and at least two cups of liquid because they need to rehydrate. And they're going to take somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes at pressure with a natural release, which is going to take longer. They should taste like canned beans, but better. Hmm. Um, okay. So if they don't, then you either have older beans or you need more time. And, and it does, I don't think you live at altitude and that does affect a little bit. The other thing that affects the beans is hard water. So for people who have hard water, the beans tend to be tougher. Mm. Um, and if that's the case, then what I recommend that people do is use some kind of bottled water that is not hard. Wow. Now, what if I wanted to make like a beans and rice? Could I throw both of them into the instant pot at the same time and get a beautiful pot of rice and beans? You can do that. Um, it's a little more complicated, but you can certainly put the rice and beans together. I actually like to do them together separately. Um, so what you can do is you can, there's two ways you can do it. You can either put the beans on the bottom and then put in the rack and put a bowl with the rice and its liquid on top and cook those for like 25 minutes. Or you can put the rice on the bottom and the beans and liquid on top and even though you could use soaked beans for that because there's something about the fact that they're not actually in the liquid but in a bowl you could even use soaked beans and cook them and like garbanzo beans would be great for that wow. um and you could do the rice for the usual 22 minutes and have the beans on the top and do those for the 22 minutes now when you say um, on the top do you mean just a ceramic bowl uh, that would survive in the it, pressure cooker Absolutely. Any kind of heat proof bowl. It could be Pyrex. It could be anything that says that it's oven proof. Uh, it could be a metal bowl. Any kind of vessel that you could put in the oven, you can put in the Instant Pot. Now, what about the, the rack goes so close to the bottom, though? I feel like you have to have a it, small bed of it, right? Nope. I just made a uh, white bean, uh, white bean and winter vegetable stew, and I just put that rack right on top of the beans, and then I put in uh, what did I? Oh, I put sweet potatoes on top of that. But it could have been a bowl with beans in it. Um, it could have been anything. I that only cooked six minutes, so it had to be something that wouldn't take long. And I actually cut the sweet potatoes in half, and they were perfectly cooked when it came out. Oh so, my gosh. Is you that... can do this whole layering, tiered thing, and it's very cool. I've done, like, black rice in the bottom and then uh, the rack and then a dish with uh, beans in it and then sweet potatoes around. 
and um, the black rice takes 15 minutes and everything gets cooked. Now, is that in the book too, the stacking? It is, it is maybe mentioned kind of, but it's not in the book. I actually have a new DVD that's called Electric Pressure Cooking, The Basics and Beyond. Yeah. And it's, I show it in that because it's really, it's a visual kind of thing. Yeah. It's harder to describe it, but to show it, people really can get it. So just to recap, because we've got some serious insider information here from Jill. We have <laughs> on the bottom, in either order, you can put either the beans or the rice and which one do you look to the time for, for the pressure cooking? Do you do it to pressure? Do you do quick release? No, you do natural release. Anytime you use beans or grains, you want to do natural release. Okay. So you you do it for whatever you put on the bottom. So if you put ah. uh, brown rice on the bottom, you're going to do it for 22 minutes. If you put the beans on the bottom, you're going to do it for 25 minutes. Um, so you just have, it's it's kind of, you have to think about it a little bit, which is why I have a particular kind of red rice I use. I either do red rice or black rice on the bottom. Those are 15 minutes. I can put a bowl of beans on top. I can also cook my sweet potatoes um, or whole squash or, you know, whatever I like. So it's really, this is the main thing about pressure cooking. It's about the timing. Right. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. They're like, I made somebody posted last week i have a group on facebook called the instant pop beginners veg support yeah um and somebody posted i made jills or maybe it was in the vegan instant pop group you know they want to blame it on me she said i made this dish um <laughs> it was one of the um, ethiopian dishes and it was terrible now meanwhile a hundred people have made that dish and loved it so they <laughs> so I had to ask a lot of questions like what happened? She did not understand the timing and the quick release. So she was like letting it release. And so everything was overcooking right. and turning to mush. Um, and so really the timing is very important when cooking vegetables in general, unless they're whole vegetables like sweet potatoes or potatoes, you want a quick release the pot because you want the, the cooking to stop. Yes. Um, so if you leave your Brussels sprouts, you know, that take three minutes on low pressure in there for too long, you're going to get gray vegetables and they're not appealing. No, it's true. I destroyed my broccoli tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing. But hey, uh, the kids loved them. So we just let <laughs> oh, them good. Go. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. My wife said, smells like a cafeteria in here. And I went, oh, oh. thanks, babe. <laughs> you know, I'm cooking dinner here. I'm on a detox. I'm not even eating anything. Oh, well. Uh, no, that's great. And um, again, that Facebook group is Instant Pot Beginners Veg Support. Yep. Cool. We'll send people there. We, yeah, we help a a new people. We, you know, we don't tire of the same questions, and we have a lot of information in the files that people can look at. Right on. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to talk to you about is growing your own food and how people can easily grow their own food at home. Um, do you are you a big soil girl, or do you like hydroponic? Um, I, I, I know someone who's got a, a wonderful hydroponic system and, you know, they say the benefits are, are the same, if not better with hydroponic, but I don't know. I don't know what I feel about that yet because I'm still doing research. Um, what do you think about, you know, growing your own stuff and how to make it as easy as possible? Well, I think soil is really the way to go. Um, it's kind of like if somebody said to you, well, you could just take probiotics and have that 
instead of having your gut work, and that's what the soil is for the plants, and people do that, but truly we need the food as prebiotics and probiotics to get our gut working. The same with soil. You can put the nutrients in the water, but I don't believe it's the same. Mm. Soil has other things in it that are not going to get into the hydroponic um, system, but here's what I really say, whatever works. Right. Now, I don't grow a lot of things. I, I call myself the accidental gardener. Um, I just grew my first crop of kale, and it's been really great to grow it. But basically, I grow things that will grow themselves, like tomatoes and summer squash and, you know, just easy things, uh, because I don't have a really high tolerance for uh, taking care of them. Um but I live where there's a lot of really great farmers, so I support my local farmers uh, because I can. And so what I do grow, I love growing herbs because when you go and you buy herbs, you always have to buy a big bunch. And I don't always want a big bunch. Sometimes I just want a little. And so growing herbs is an easy thing that almost anybody can do. And herbs and spices are so important, especially in a plant-based diet, because they are a major source of antioxidants. Hmm, I love and, it. And so anybody can I believe anybody can grow herbs, even if they just have a pot outside. Um, and you don't need to do a whole lot with them, but they really provide a lot of nutrition. And they make your food taste great. And I think a lot of people are like, well, the food is really bland. And food should, if you want it to be bland, that's great. But if you want it to have flavor, you've got to add the things to make it have flavor. I love it. Jill, thank you so much for coming on board and talking to us. I I know that I could talk to you for hours and hours just about nerding out about cooking stuff just because I'm so <laughs> excited about it. But um, tell us real quick before you go where we can find you on socials. Oh, well, almost everything I have is the Veggie Queen except for YouTube, which is the VQ because the Veggie Queen couldn't log in one day and needed to get on YouTube, so I changed it to the VQ. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and it just happened. I couldn't get any response to, to do that. But everything else is the Veggie Queen. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, – I have a Pinterest account but that I rarely use. And you can find me on my website, which is the Veggie Queen. Awesome. We will totally find you. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I know you're cooking. I'm going to let you enjoy your dinner and have a nice night. And uh, we look forward to seeing more great stuff from you. Thank you so much, Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience end here. Make sure to visit us online at leangreendad.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We've even got a YouTube channel. So uh, visit us online, check that out. Uh, if you're interested, we have a free three-part grocery shopping series. You can find that online at leangreendad.com slash grocery guide, or you can just find it on our homepage. Either way, we look forward to uh, seeing a little bit more of you, and thank you so, so much for spending some time with me today to interview another wonderful guest. Until next week, keep going that extra mile for your family, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.